Amen. Praise the Lord. Turn around and shake hands with somebody before you're seated and welcome them into the presence of the Lord. How many is glad to be here this morning? Or how many is glad that you're able to be here? Amen. Boy, the amens are weak this morning. Praise God. How many knows you've got to resist this spirit that's in the land? And it is one of submissiveness, passivity, preparing your minds to give way to the system. And we're doing it more than what we really realize. Amen. We welcome those on live stream this morning, wherever they may be. Those in Canada, we have a special prayer for them today. And I see little Sister Hollywood over there in her sunglasses. <laughs> Amen. She's cool this morning. Amen. I need to put on my sunglasses, maybe I, with a mask, and maybe I might do better. I don't know. But they sent me a video. I don't know how many sent. Uh, they might have sent you the video also uh, from Canada. Uh, basically, it was, looked like a just, uh, it says Grace something church out in the community. It looked like with this bare land around it. And the government was confiscating the building. Not only did they confiscate it and block the highway, they built an eight-foot fence or so around the entire three acres or whatever their land covered. Within the parking lot area, they built another fence around it. And they were in process of building a fence right around the edge of the building, covered it in black sheets. And whoever this announcer was video, and he was giving them fits, saying, aren't you ashamed of yourself, and whatever more, and whatever more. But he said it was confiscating the building, asked him, was it going to be internment camps? He made the statement, I know that he didn't realize what he was saying, but he made the statement exactly like the prophet said, they will take our churches and make them basically confinements or cons whatever the government wants to use. You're seeing the squeeze of the scripture. The scripture speaks of the squeeze, but it doesn't use that language, but it tells about the squeeze. Revelation 13 tells us we'll be pressed into an hour where you cannot buy or sell without submitting your mind and basically your effort or what you call your need to be able to work. People say, well, I'm not concerned with this and that, I'm not concerned with that, but I've got to make a living. If you'll notice, the, the corporations didn't have any trouble. They didn't close down Walmarts. They didn't close down Lowe's. They didn't close down corporations. And if you'll notice now, they got more clothes and more of this and more of that. They're incorporating everything into these big corporations that are part of the system. They're only closing up the little independents. Why are they closing up the little independents? And they're doing it everywhere. Like in Georgia, they say, well, they use the excuse, we're going to move out the baseball game so everybody can't make a living to help the blacks, and the blacks is the one they're taking the work away from. It's because they're trying to shut out everybody that's independent or not a part of the corporation system to control you. And pretty soon, we'll be going to Walmart for this, and we'll be going to Lowe's for that, and, and everything else will be on a whatever basis it is coming to the churches and they're going to start with a little independence like us we're not a 501c 
we have no representation. We can't afford the lawyers what more, and they will shut her down and take the property. That will put you out there in no man's land. But how many things you got to work to feed your family? Amen. So you will work according to the system. And what I'm trying to say is we're moving into the mark of the beast and not realizing what we're doing or not seeing the fulfillment of the written Word of God. And we'll slowly walk in. The water's getting hotter and hotter. We're boiling, but we don't realize it because we want to stay away from the confrontation out here of the Sodomites taking over. We're looking at the steps to glory, and we're right in the middle of it, basically fulfilling it. And we are the physical parts of this drama. You and I are a part of it. Because in the midst of this great drama, there is, according to Scripture, there are a few, a little flock that's playing a unique part called the church to make the Word or the plan of God come out correctly. There's the Jew, the Gentile, and then the church. That church is an elected group of people. That church is not the systems out here because God hates the systematic churches. doesn't hate the people. He hates the system that separates the people by error in their doctrine or the Word of God, keeping them away from the liberty and the revelation of Jesus Christ and the shed blood at Calvary. The gospel is so simple and the devil is a master of lies and deception and counterfeits that most people think they're worshiping God when they're actually worshiping Satan in the form or in the name of a particular religion, Baptist, Methodist, whatever you want to call it. Only a small elected few that are free from that will be in the rapture. Now, they are after the believer, Christian. You do not have to believe a special. They're not going to come after us because we believe in a prophet. They're not going to come after you because of your long hair and your long dresses. They're going to come after you because you confess to be a Christian living by faith. And your faith is derived by what we believe God spoke to us through a vindicated prophet to let us understand what the written Word of God actually tells us. You say, well, they've got doctors of divinity. We've got colleges up here, Baptist colleges, Assemblies of God colleges. Are you telling me that those doctors of divinity do not understand what the written Word of God actually says? Yes. Well, they, they can break down every word in Hebrew and Greek and diphthongs and everything else. You mean to tell me that you think that them men does not understand what this Bible is saying? This Bible says they don't. The Bible is one that says they don't. Because it says it's of no private interpretation. There's no man going to get the true interpretation of this Bible. Only the God that wrote the Bible can interpret the Bible by bringing to pass what he said through a chosen vessel that's already in the Word telling you how he's going to do it. If it doesn't come that way, it's not of God. 
Amen. So we're going to be pressured, and you're going to be pressured to basically come to a confession of being a Christian. Because according to the Word of God, that demonic power in the form of politics, and then it will turn to religion, which is the same spirit, is out to destroy every child that will not submit to false doctrine. And we understand that the capstone or the primary initial teaching of the false church of Revelation was that there is a multiple personality in the Godhead. Three persons in the Godhead. They will admit there's only one God, but one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we must be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to be saved. That's the first lie the devil sold the world. And God never did forget it, neither did He forgive it. So the last compromise and the last ignorance that God winked at was the false teaching of the simple salvation in the faith of the blood of Jesus Christ plus nothing. It gets down that simple, and we'll get to it in the church for the young people this morning that I want to make sure after all these years I keep over and over and over because when it comes down to the pressure, there is a basic revelation that you must have or you will perish. They're going to kill you anyway, but they can't destroy that soul. This is what we're looking at as a future. But we have a scripture in here that we shall not all perish. And we have a hope and we have a word that must be fulfilled that there will be some living in this hour that will not die. But we will be changed by the presence of God Himself supernaturally from a mortal to an immortal being caught in another dimension to the marriage supper of the Lamb to meet Jesus Christ our Lord as our bridegroom at the marriage supper. Then we'll come back and walk out upon the ashes of the wicked for God is going to destroy not only America but many countries and nations and we'll walk out on the ashes of the wicked and begin the millennial reign and set up the kingdom of God. That is our hope, and now we move past the hope into a revelation, which now becomes love to us, which is God Himself, the revealed Word of God. So we're looking at this process to glorification, and we're on step number four this morning for the visitors, and we'll just recap real quickly so that you'll see where we're coming from. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 26, 16 to 23, we'll read, and it says, And Simon Peter answered and said, because Jesus asked the question, Who do they say that I am? And he said, Thou art the Christ, the Anointed One, the Son of the living God. I want you to pay attention, because if it is the Son of the living God, and that is the truth, 
sons have beginning, and sons are not God. We have been resisted in the message because we absolutely declare that the Scripture is true, and we do not derive our revelation by quotes alone, but by the revelation given to us, not by flesh and blood, but by the Holy Ghost Himself. It takes a revelation from God to understand the Godhead and to be able to identify who Jesus really is. Because the Bible says no man can call Jesus the Christ outside of the Holy Ghost or the new birth. So there is a revelation contained in identifying Jesus that absolutely sets you apart, redeems your soul, places you blameless before God, and now ready for the next step, which is glorification and the catching away of our souls to the marriage supper. Flesh and blood, he said, uh, verse 17. Now, step number one, then, we found out is who is Jesus? And we found to him to be the Son of the living God. Verse 17, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. It shows you right there that the revelation of the identity of Jesus Christ can only come not by a teacher, not by flesh and blood, not by a preacher, but only by the Holy Spirit opening that understanding personally to you. Salvation is a personal revelation to you. Jesus died for you and shed His blood to redeem you. He done that completely, or He didn't do it at all. He didn't do it partially. The blood either made you perfect in the sight of God, or it didn't. If the blood made you perfect, but you confess that it's the blood plus this, this, and this, and this, then by the permission will of God, or the princess will of God, you may be able to qualify for the foolish virgin, but you will not be in the rapture. The bride of Christ will have a revelation personally of Jesus Christ personally to them that His blood redeemed you from sin. To do that, your name was in a book called the Lamb's Book of Life, and that name was written there before the foundation of of the world, you had nothing to do with putting it there. It's only revealed to you by revelation that it is there, and through faith in our confession we confirm it. Thou art, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and watch, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against thee. So we look now to step number three. We understand that the Catholic Church says the church was built upon Peter, Petra, the little rock, which that's what it means which means Little Rock, it was built on Peter. That's the reason they think the Pope is the vicar of Christ. That is an error. It is not built upon the man because the man basically denied Christ three times, and he was basically he was flamboyant, but <laughs> he wasn't hitting on all fours at all the time. Let's put it like that. And we'll see in a minute the very one that he gave the keys to the kingdom. 
the very one that identified Jesus in the flesh. Oh, Brother Branham, you are our prophet. Fifteen minutes later, the prophet said something that he didn't agree with. And Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. This is where we're at in this end time, dealing with the revealed word. The Protestants say, which they will unite. The Protestants, which is Revelation 13, the beast, coming up out of the earth, America. The beast in Revelation 17 is Romanism or Catholicism, which you'll notice now, the Bible said that God would put it in the hearts of these kingdoms, kings. He's going to do something with the hearts of the leaders to give their will and power over to the beast for a short period of time. We say, how come people are making these stupid mistakes? It's because God's Word must be fulfilled to the letter. Anyone making the decisions that America is making today, a five-year-old would know that it's totally insane to make these decisions. Then why is American people, 90% of us would go to war and fight a billy goat for our freedom, and now we're submitting to a power, a few little sodomites out in California that sets our trends, sets our mode, got their little finger up called the woke class, and now controlling politics, corporations, sports, and everything else, we're submitting to what? Why? 25 years ago, we wouldn't even give it a thought. But now all of a sudden, we've got to be woke. We're not woke. We're dead. And now, like zombies, we're following this musical tune right to the scriptures to be fulfilled that God is going to destroy America as the scripture says. We're walking in tune with the revealed word. We are fulfilling the word because we are the word made flesh. We've got to find out what part of the word that you're acting out. So the prophet tells us, and the Jesus says to Peter, that the church is built upon the identity of Jesus Christ, the virgin-born Son of God. Therefore, the book is redeemed, and the church, therefore, is built upon the revelation of the Word made flesh or made manifest. The Word must be made manifest and fulfilled before a group of people realizes what it was, after it's over, we realize what it was and accept it by faith, keeping us about a half a step behind what God's doing. Because it cannot become a revelation until after it is fulfilled. So if the rapture is a revelation, the rapture is fulfilled in you and I, to down to the last step already, and we don't even realize it. Because we're so concerned 
with the business of the world, so concerned with our health, our wealth, and whatever more. We're carnally minded, not realizing that the Word of God must be and will be fulfilled to the letter. Because that's what brings us to the next step, which is basically uh, step number four. Three, another was what? And I will give thee the keys of the kingdom. We got onto this last week for a short period of time. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The original reading of that, if I can get it, it's almost back, backwards. Whatever is loosed in heaven, what is already loosed in heaven shall be loosed on earth. What is already bound in heaven shall be bound on earth. And we pointed to one prescription. There's only one inlet to the kingdom of God, and the key was given to the apostle Peter. It's not what Jesus said. It's the revelation of what he said. You say, well, I'm going to do like Jesus. I'm going to be baptized in the title of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost because all of my friends and all the churches and everybody else says that's the way it is. It's not the way it is. Because Peter was given the key. He was given the revelation, and he was given the authority to loose on earth the prescription to get into the kingdom of God, which is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that was repentance. In other words, change your mind. Come to the identity of who Jesus is. You've got to come to the identity of who Jesus is because the virgin birth revelation is what saves you. The virgin birth revelation is what saves you. Because if that blood was not the blood of God, we're not saved. That's where you're coming to. Who do you say this is? Well, so-and-so and so-and-so. What must we do to be saved? Seeing that God has raised this one up and God has made him both Lord, that's Kuros, leader, master, head of the family, ruler, and Christ the anointed one. Making him Lord, Jesus Christ. Meaning that the revelation of who Jesus is to you, what he accomplished in his death is imputed to you. And now your faith confirms it out of your mouth to you. You identify your revelation to the people by being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The only way into the kingdom with the promise of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts 2.38 and 39 is the only way into the baptism of the Holy Ghost today. It's the only scriptural way. So there's no need to argue whether the Baptist is right, Methodist is right, what more. The scripture is right. And the Bible says there's only one way in, and that's according to water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And remember, it's not the water that remits your sins. It's the revelation of the blood that done it for you. That's the reason why you go to the water. That's the only way in. So step number three was the authority and power, which is this revelation of the Word made flesh, gives the delegated authority to bind and loose on earth. Now today we're in this Pentecostal deceptive twins part of the plan of God. So He gives us authority to bind and loose to cast out devils. Oh, so therefore everybody that's casting out devils must be of God. No, 
Because Matthew 7 says, Oh, Father, I cast out devils in your name. I've done mighty works. I preached the gospel. And he said, Depart from me. I never did know you. Well, wait a minute. They was using the very authority and the commission given to them. And now since they'd done what he said in his name, he said he didn't know them. In other words, they were using authority, delegated authority, without the revealed word that gave them the power to do it. So therefore, power without a revelation of the word is satanic. It's a copy. It's an impersonation. Didn't, uh, what was one of the sisters, he's, uh, that basically he prophesied that she would die or something. I, I don't know what her name is. And she said, well, Brother Branham, she said, I prayed and prayed and fasted and fasted, and I still can't cast out devils. He said, no, sister, you wasn't called to cast out devils. You were called to do this and this and this. See, you've got to work according to your placing and your calling. Every one of us is not called to cast out devils. But the authority was given to the church as a body, the power by the Word of God to bind and to loose so the revelation of the Word will bind every devil. If the Word says we have authority to bind, I have authority to bind. That doesn't mean I stand up here, oh, I take it. No, no, no. The Word is written. Satan, you must give way to the Word of God. In the name of Jesus, I resist you. And the Bible said, you must flee. Therefore, according to the revealed Word of God, get out of the building. Take your hands off of God's anointed. So we cast out the devil by the revelation of the Word. And that's very simple. If you receive the Word, listen, if you receive the Word and repent it, receive the Holy Ghost, guess what? That demon of nicotine, that demon of this, that demon of that, that demon of what more that was going in your body doesn't have control over your body anymore. What happened to them? Oh, well, 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 I'm a Christian now. I'm not supposed to do that. But what's making you resist those spirits? Because you have authority as a believer to resist them. And even after you're a believer, there's many battles you will fight to overcome and overcome. And remember, you as a believer have the delegated authority in the name of Jesus to resist every power, every principality that comes against you. There's no disease germ that can touch our body. It shall die in the name of Jesus. I've had people call me. I mean, uh, I know you do things. Oh, we do. It's not my faith. Look. Did you, what must we do? Can we take the shots? I said, I took both shots. Oh, you didn't have any faith. There was no disease germ going to touch my body. I took the shot so they'll be able to fly when they open up the communication to go minister to the saints in Canada. The shots didn't bother me. We take tetanus shots, typhoid shots. They didn't bother me. That nurse said, oh, now if you take this shot, you may have a spasm. You may have epilepsy. You may this. You may that. I said, no, I don't, I don't want to hear that junk. Just give me the shot and forget it. There's no disease germ going to touch my body. I'm a believer. I've got to understand that. I'm a believer. I am a son of God. I am living under the power of the blood. 
Because I believe the blood was perfect. I have been redeemed. All of me is redeemed. My mistakes, my ignorance that I made years ago, that's already redeemed. I was listening to a tape. I shouldn't listen to tape, but I do. Of this minister, which I, all the sins will go for me, so we might as well get it out. I have never willfully preached anything to the congregation in all these years for any other motive except to minister the truth to the people. Not the best preacher, don't claim to be. Not the greatest teacher, because I'm not. I just do what I can do by the grace of God, and basically the people does with it, whatever. When I first started, I did not have a computer, basically, until I went to Canada. That was basically in 95. I didn't know how to operate one, didn't want to spend time to do it. I was old school, and I didn't have the money to buy one, to be honest. So basically, you listen to meetings. We went to meetings. We heard different preachers, whatever more. And I heard Brother Bob Brown in Florida. I thought he's one of the best speakers that I'd heard in the message. He made a statement, and he said, Brother Bram said so-and-so and so-and-so, and and therefore, so being a listener, not knowing any different, if the man said that Brother Bram said it, well, then he said, well, I guess Brother Bram said that. I think in Canada in 1995 or 6, I made the mistake of quoting that. But when I quote something, I take the responsibility for it. I didn't say Bob Brown said it. I just said it. Because if Brother Branham said it, I shouldn't say, well, now, Brother Branham said this for you to accept it. He just ought to be able to accept it. Well, Brother Branham didn't say it. So the minister said, well, I heard Brother, Brother which is me, he said so-and-so, Brother Branham didn't so-and-so say, so. he'll never be in the message, he'll never understand the message, he'll, he'll never get it. Well, I thought kind of bad about that, you know. You're supposed to be a recognized teacher that Brother Brown proved, saying I'd never get the message, never understand the message, never will. I knew I was stupid, but I wasn't dumb. I listened to the next sermon to see what else he said about me, and he said, well, i got to back up this morning. I, I preached this little thing here. It was kind of wrong, and I, I made a mistake here through the years. You know, I've I got to change that. I understand better. You know, God forgives ignorance. Well, it's amazing that God forgave his ignorance. But couldn't forgive my ignorance. So I found my way out. I pleaded ignorance. So if I preach you anything that is wrong, it's my ignorance. Hope God forgives me and keeps me from doing it. My sole motive is to teach you what I believe that the prophet has brought forth in this hour. Now, that's good, bad, indifferent, wonderful, or Billy Graham, or whatever more. But that's my motive and objective. So I have made mistakes. I did, I did preach Pentecostal sermons after the Pentecostal age was over. Because when I started out based in the late 70s, that Pentecostal hangover was still there. I went out and cast out devils. We seen miracles, prayed for the sick, and seen them get well, discerning the spirits, all those things. And the message preacher said, oh, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to do that. And I wondered why. I hadn't listened to 911 tapes. I only had two books. I think one of them was Satan's Eden, one of them was marriage and divorce, and one of them was serpent seed. So you know how I got myself in trouble. Because I preached those three sermons there at work, because that's the only three books I had. So everybody was marriage and divorce wrong, and they was all serpent seed, and it was all living in Satan's Eden. Well, I learned a little bit after 35 years, maybe. I hope so. So the third step here is authority and power, but it must be according to the revealed word of this hour, or it is satanic. You can do the same thing and copy the man of God and be false. 
Matter of fact, a false anointing could do things that a man of God may not be able to do. This is what I want to be across this morning. Don't forget this because our time of being able to assemble together is getting shorter and shorter. The great revelation of this age, according to a vindicated prophet, is there is only one God. You said, how many times are you going to tell us that? As many times as the Holy Ghost brings it to my mind to say it. There is only one God who is the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, or Jesus the Anointed One. Water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ ushers you into the gift of the Holy Ghost. Whether here in this life or at the white throne judgment, you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is eternal life and being a part of God's kingdom. Those keys of that revelation was given to the Apostle Peter with the keys to the kingdom. So whatever he loosed on earth has been bound in heaven or bound here on earth. So there's only one prescription for eternal life today. Young people, don't forget it. It is water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and understanding that Jesus was formed or created by a spoken blood cell of Almighty God. There's the key. There's the revelation that saves us. We cannot be saved by sex blood. It's got to be a pure, sinless blood to be saved. And no man has the ability to bring that sinless blood to pass except God Himself. Now here's where you get into deep water. Well, Jesus was God. Jesus was the tabernacle that God created to live in. He was the Son of the living God. Sons have beginnings. So anytime you see son, that son is not God. That son can be God to you if God the Father is dwelling in him and using that son as a voice. That's what Jesus was, was only a voice. Just like the prophet in this hour in the days of the voice of the seventh angel. It wasn't the prophet, it was the voice. All right, who was the voice? The Holy Spirit or the devil? One or the other. All right. Verse 20, uh, 20, 20. Then Jesus charged his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. How come? Why wouldn't he want everybody to know? See? In other words, until it's time for the revelation to come forth, it will not be spoken out of the man that has a revelation. There's a time when the revelation comes forth, and basically, according to this, you're talking about Alpha and Omega. The true revelation of who Jesus Christ was will come forth by Elijah the prophet, according to Malachi 4, 5, and 6. So we're in the age where this scripture is fulfilled. The revelation of Jesus Christ has come forth. Now then we're under the obligation to receive it. If we're confronted with the revelation and turn it down, we're out of the picture. If we embrace the revelation, then basically we have made our stand with it, even though you may not understand it, you make your stand with it, 
And you're trusting God that he will work out your salvation according to his grace and predestination. Amen. You say, well, there's a lot of things I don't know. There's a lot of things that we may never know. And there are a lot of things that we'll grow to know during the millennium because it's a further stage of sanctification or teaching. So step number four, watch verse 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples, watch now, how he must go into Jerusalem, how he must suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes, and how he shall be killed, and how he shall be raised the third day. Step number four, the written word, which is the predestinated plan of God according to Ephesians 1. We'll read here just after this. The predestinated plan of God must be fulfilled according to how it is written. Well, I can verbalize it better. Just as it's written. Believe the word as it is written. And you'll be saved. Well, brother so-and-so told me this means so. As it is written. Only a vindicated prophet can read a scripture and give you, let's say, a more enlightened version of it and be all right with God. Like Brother Branham said, I believe on the uh, day of water baptism, uh, he said, in him, it, uh, this is my beloved son in whom I'm pleased to dwell. Brother Branham said, see, pleased to dwell in. Well, you say the scripture didn't say pleased to dwell in. Well, he was incarnating himself in him, wasn't he? So this is my beloved son in whom I'm pleased to dwell in. Making what? Jesus the tabernacle of the invisible God. The tabernacle of the invisible God. Well, you said when the Godhead or he was incarnated, wasn't that God manifested in the flesh? Yes, it was God manifested through the flesh of Jesus Christ who was only a voice of the one dwelling in him. But was he a person? Yes. He had his own body, soul, and spirit. He was a person. He was your brother. He was not your God. He was your brother. And he doesn't want us to take us out of who he was and make him God. We're going to give him basically a promotion. We place him exactly where the Scripture places him. Can you say amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Shake yourself. Amen. Wake up. Look at the Scripture, verse 1 to 17. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Now, how was he apostle of Jesus Christ? By the will of God. When did he become an apostle? Before the foundation of the world. When did you become a child of God? Before the foundation of the world. When did God see you sitting in this building so he could talk to you this morning through a voice? Before the foundation of the world. You're not here by accident. You say, well, I chose this week to go on vacation. God knew that you wouldn't be here before everything even started. Amen. God is sovereign. He's in complete control of your life. All right. Saints at our Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you, be to you. And peace from God our Father. Now who's our Father? God. And from the Lord Jesus Christ. Now if you can read English, some of you college graduates in here, is that one like your finger? 
No, if I read it, it says God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. If I'm going to understand English, then I have to say he's talking about two distinct individuals. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. If the Apostle Paul had a right revelation, then God was the Father of Jesus the Christ. Then Jesus the Christ was not God. He was not the anointer. He was the anointed one. So we got to get in our mind. Religion is a lie. The Bible is the only thing that's truth. So just stay with the Bible. God is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us. Who blessed us? God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places were in Christ. Where's the heavenly places? All that he was, he poured into Jesus. His nine compound names of blessing, Jehovah our protector, our banner, shalom, peace, righteousness, all the compound names of Jehovah, he pours into this person. Now then, when this person sheds the blood that's not his, it's God's own blood, that blood now is vicariously accounted and imputed to you. So every blessing that Jesus had and is, is now yours. Praise be to God. Watch. According as He had chosen us in Him. Did you know that God chose you in Himself before there was ever a beginning? Think about that. God chose you. He knew you. Know there not means, oh, that's Earl, that's Bill. That's, no, he knew you. That's speaking of a spiritual intercourse of creation and life. He knew every one of us. In other words, if we were smart enough, what if you knew males? What if you knew every seed that's in you by name? Oh, you say that's pretty carnal. It's not carnal. Because every seed in God he knew by name. And he saw them in a body. Before they was ever born. And given the name that he already had them appear given. He was already there. Well you said when he's born he shall be given the name Jesus. Why? Because his name was Jesus up here. He was already there. How many understands now? Every seed, every sperma, which is individuals, was in God before the foundation of the world. You were there. He gave you an immortal spirit body which you die, you go to because it's eternal in the heavens, according to Paul. What if that spiritual body comes down here to you? Which it must, according to Paul, for you to take a body change to go to immortality for the rapture. You say, well, I ain't never heard stuff like that. Well, just open up and listen this morning. See? Watch. Having chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy. What do you mean holy? Oh, I'm going to wear a priest. No, no. You're set apart from all the other seed. See, there's a book of life and a Lamb's book of life. There may be 5 million in the Lamb's book of life, or book of life, and only 500 in the Lamb's book of life. I don't know how many they are, but it's about a million to one. All these many people that's going to inherit the world, they're not in the Lamb's book of life. That very elected, 
They're in the book of life. God knows every one of them. He knows wherever where you be. He knew housewife. He knew I was going to try to preach before the foundation of the world. He said he's going to try. Maybe I'll help him every now and then. I said, Lord, help me all the time. Because the longer we go, the more we realize without the Holy Spirit, we're spinning our wheels. Amen. That we should be separated unto Him, watch, and without blame. There is no blame laid to those in this book. Now, that ought to make you happy if you have a revelation that you're in the book. How do I know that I'm in the book? Because you identified who Jesus was, the pure created blood of God that redeemed you and let you know that you're a son of God. Without blame before him. In election, which God's love is election. How many knows that? Jacob, I love it. Esau, I hate it. What? Having predestinated. Ooh, what's a bad word? Oh, we can't handle that. Oh, Lord to God, what about my works? What about my good deeds? Ooh, who hell me? No, no, no. Having predestinated. How can God foreknow if he didn't already predestinate it for it to come out that way? Bless Brother Branham's heart. He said, well, you Pentecostals, he said, I, I know you're so thin-skinned. I, I won't use the word predestinated. I'll just use the word foreknowledge. Oh, my God. They say, amen, amen, amen. That's how. Oh, my Lord. Having predestinated us, this means predetermine your destiny unto the what? The placing of children. How can he place children before there ever was any children? Are you following me this morning? The plan has already been acted out and already spoken. We're only fulfilling the fulfilled Word of God. There's got to be somebody here that says amen to the Word. There's got to be somebody here that heard the voice of God and come out of the method. Baptist and everything else. There's got to be somebody to fulfill this righteous part of the word. Oh, I'm so there. You're nothing except a thought of God acting out the will of God. So don't get beside of yourself. Praise God. It'll make you a little bit humble if you get to look at here. We're predestinated unto the placing of children by Jesus Christ to himself. To who? To himself. Why? Because in, uh, Jesus said, oh, this man shall be born. His name shall be called Jesus because he shall save his people from their sins. Save his people from their sins. Not everybody, his people. What was his people? Since Jesus had no genealogy, he had no seed, the genealogy stopped with Jesus. Because the family in the book he come to redeem the book. Did he do it? Then every name in that book is redeemed. That ought to make a dead Baptist shout hallelujah and speak in tongues. Amen. According to the good pleasure of his will. Not our will. This Pentecostal legalism we got to do and do what and more. That has nothing to do with this. We'll just skip the other two verses. Watch. In whom we have redemption, what? Through his blood. 
Well, I, let's read 6. Uh, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. Now, how did He make you accepted in Jesus? Vicariously by His blood. If I say, I was with Jesus when He died on Calvary, everybody, every Pentecostal to shout and run a jig. I was with Him when He died, Hallelujah. When he raised, I raised with him. I can play your Brother Ram's tape, and we used to play that tape, and everybody, whoa, 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 and they got so happy, they'd scream and holler for 30 minutes. Paul said, I was crucified with him. How? He said, nevertheless, I live yet, not I, but Christ that liveth in. How was Paul crucified with him? How was you crucified with Christ? you got to answer that question. If you died with him, how did you die with him? If you was raised with it, how was you raised? Vicariously through the blood of Jesus Christ. He was your substitute. He was your stand-in. He was the one that paid the price for you, and everything he done was imputed to you as though you done it. Praise be to God. Therefore, by his blood I am saved, and by his blood I am healed. The virgin birth brings divine healing and salvation. Without it, there won't be too much work. But let's look at this uh, little quote here. The man said in 1962, watch. When God says anything, heavens and earth will pass, but His word shall never pass away. God's word must be fulfilled to the dot, just to the very tittle and dot, jot, it must be fulfilled. Now, we know he was quoting Jesus there. Not, not be one jot or tittle pass away until my word is fulfilled. If that is true, and I'm already over time, 10 minutes, did Jesus say, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the day when the Son of Man, which is the prophet of Acts 3, shall be known and revealed? Did he say it? Did you know in days of Lot all your sodomites run everything? All government offices was controlled by sodomites, homosexuals, and perverts. Canaanites, serpent seed. I'm not saying they wasn't good people. That they wasn't dressed right and didn't have the right cologne on. And the ones that went to the door to get those two angels to have sex with them, they probably had robes on and maybe had a few crosses at that time. I don't know what they had on, but they were dressed up like religious leaders. But they wanted those two angels to have sex with them. And they wanted those men over lost daughters, which were virgins. Now, can you realize what is going on in our government and our society today? Come on, church, open your eyes. God's Word is being fulfilled to the letter. You cannot stop it, but there's going to be a rapture. There is a resurrection in motion. God is going to take us out of here according to the written Word of God. There will not be one of us here when that bomb strikes America. You said, how can you say that? Because God's vindicated prophet spoke it. There will not be one bride member here when he bombs America and there's a bomb with our name on it waiting now in Russia and they will loose it very quickly. We do not have to worry about these communists. 
Although they're taking over what they call socialist or woke or progressive or whatever name they want to give on it. They just give any name or any lie to anything they want think that would get people to swallow. Like infrastructure now, we used to stay building road right here. Now then it basically is building abortion clinics, uh, getting thought chambers to how to do. We just call it anything we want to call it. Oh, that's all right. That sounds good. Well, that don't bother me. Well, it's bothering you. Wake up. It's bothering you. That cobra is squeezing the life out of you. And we can't get our brain shook enough to be awoke to qualify for being woke. Need to have Madison to tell us what is the definition of woke. She's, a, she's up on all these things. I said, Madison, what's being woke? Boy, she spilled out what's being woke. I thought, I, don't, I guess I'm sound asleep. Awake out of slumber. What you've waited for all your life is now ready to be manifested. And you are the ones that are ordained to do it. Come on, church. There's somebody out there in the world today that's called a bride of Christ. They will fulfill this word. Brother Brown said we would see Jesus. How many would like to see Jesus this morning? Oh, you say amen, and I can say just like he said, you're looking at me, aren't you? I'm looking at you, aren't I? Don't you understand what this Bible is about? It's not stories, it's reality. I'm looking at you, Arna. If you're a son and daughter of God, I'm looking at a part of God. I'm looking at God face to face this morning. Well, they don't look much like God to me. You wouldn't know God if He looked in the mirror. Come on. You, old Brother Branham said, old bro, you wouldn't know Brother Branham if he come walking down the aisle and sat on the second row there. Oh, I know him. I, well, we don't have a picture, but every, everybody else got a picture. Oh, I know him. I look at his picture. You wouldn't know him. Jesus walked down the road. He hadn't been gone, what, 40-something hours, less than 72 hours to do disciple. He walked down the road with them, talked all day long. They didn't have a clue who he was. He was veiled to them. Did you understand that Brother Branham could come back, set up a tent, and preach one service? And we could go or hear about it and we'd say, well, that, that's only, that's just, he just copied. That's not Brother Branham, that's just a copy. Well, I don't even look like him. What am, but you know what, he, man, he does, he acts just exactly like that prophet. Matter of fact, he's doing the thing just exactly. I wonder how he's doing it. And you wouldn't have a clue except you understand the revealed Word of God. Well, I thought I was supposed to look like what I'm looking like now. How many hopes you look different than what you're looking at now? <laughs> Every one of us hopes I come back prettier than I am now. Yeah, I'd like to be a little bit more handsome. Not much more handsome, but I'd like to be a little bit more handsome. Because if we got any mirrors over there, I can spend a little time looking at myself in the mirror. But when I do, guess what I say? When you see me, you see the Father. Oh, Brother Greg, you're trying to make us God. I'm trying to make you a part of God, a seed of God, an offspring of God, and let you know who you are. 
Praise God. And the only way that it'll ever get to your heart is open your brain and let your tongue agree with the Word of God and say amen so it can drop down there and bring a revelation. But I said, and now when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of the Word of God, when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of it, it brings it to pass and manifests it. It makes it a reality, every Word of God. I'm out of time, but what? Every Word of God. Then is the conditions in the land exactly what the Scripture said it would be? Do we have a woman president today? Oh, well, now, technically, she's not really president. So, well, technically, we can wait. Oh, no, 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 Brother Brown was wrong. No, no. We have a woman president today. Well, I believe it's the Roman Catholic Church. The Roman Catholic Church is in charge of America today. Because why do you think these people can spend trillions and trillions of dollars that we don't have? Because the Vatican has enforced and said, we'll stand behind you. We got the goal. Just do with all your heart. Bring all the Catholics up here. Get them out of all the countries. Bring them in America. Feed them. Take care of them. Put them in churches. We'll put them here. We'll put them there. We'll put them in every Republican state. We'll turn everything uh, Democratic. We'll vote it in. They'll all be Catholics and we'll all have control. Praise God. That's the will of God. It is the will of the devil. Don't mean to be crude or indifferent, but it's of the devil. But it's fulfilling God's word to the letter. So there's no need me getting out here and preaching, oh, you're the devil, you're the devil. They know they are. I know they are. God knows they are. So what's the difference? It's going to come to pass. There's a point in which a man wants to die. Lord, do I have to go down that trail? Yeah, that come out. That didn't fit real good. If the plan says that I'm going to die, I can take all the vitamins, I can do whatever I want to, but I will pass out of this body. My revelation is, according to the Word of God, that there will be some that don't have to die, so that one that don't have to die might as well be me. Can you say amen? Because if there's only one out of Missouri that's going to make it, guess who it's going to be? Amen. Can you want to come? We'll stop here just a minute. Do you love the Lord this morning? Do you like me just a little bit today? Come on. You got to like me just a little bit to come and sit and listen to all, all this. Respect whom God gives to you, and He'll respect you and bless you anyhow. All right. I give you what in Matthew 122. Uh, about 15 or 16 scriptures just in the book of Matthew to show you basically that everything that was done was done to fulfill the written word of God. I could read them all to you, but you can read them like Matthew. This was then, uh, then was fulfilled. That was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet saying that they took 30 pieces of silver. The price of him was valued, whom they of the children did value. What? And they crucified him, parted his garments, cast in lots, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, that my garments among this whole. Every scripture, everything Jesus done was according to the written word of God. Because every word 
had to be fulfilled. Therefore, the written word must be fulfilled. So we see Jesus was the written word of God spoken through a prophet made flesh. In the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was God, and the Logos was made flesh and dwelt among us. The Logos was the plan and the purpose of Almighty God, spoke and foreknown, now carried out in physical form. Amen. I've got a lot of things in there that I won't be able to get to, but the thought is this. Every word must be fulfilled to the letter. The problem today is in Acts, what, Deuteronomy 28. I'll read that real quickly. There's always one more with a preacher. Amen. Think about this. Deuteronomy 18. The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet. If you notice that word a prophet is a capital P. That means there's going to be a God prophet or a prophet who has the word of the Lord or the voice of God is in him. And that is it, period. All right. From the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me, unto him you shall hearken. Now that is Jesus Christ, or Jesus the anointed one that we're speaking of. All right. According to all that thou desirest of the Lord thy God, in Horeb, in the day of the assembly, saying, let, not, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, neither let me see this great fire any more, that I die not. That was on Mount Horeb, when the pillar of fire was burning up the mountain, thunder and lightning, whatever more. And they were so afraid, they said, don't let this happen. All right. God said, that's well doing. I'll, from henceforth, he said, the Lord said, they have well spoken that which they have spoken. I will raise them up a prophet, capital P, prophet, from among their brethren. Now, that's God's prophet, God's mouthpiece, making him God to the people. Moses was God to the people. Jeremiah was God to the people. All the prophets was God to the people. All right? And he shall speak unto them, watch, all that I shall command him. In other words, he's only going to speak what I command him to speak. Did not Jesus say, the words are not mine, but my Father does the speaking. I don't do the works, it's my Father in me doing the words. It's him talking to you. Sometimes I talk to you as a man, but when he's talking to you this way, it's God doing the talking. But the best said they didn't know which one was speaking first. Watch. And he shall speak unto them all that I have commanded them. See, already you see here now a duality in this prophet. This prophet is not going to be Jesus God. He's going to be a prophet in whom God is speaking through, making him a duality to the people. Come on, church, there's a, there's a revelation there. You've got to come down to a human blood. And that blood has to be pure for us to be saved. So how do we get a perfect blood as the answer for sin? Jesus is the answer. He's the only answer and the only way and the only person like him. Listen now. And it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken to, unto my words, which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. Watch. But the prophet, little P-H-O. Now here's a little five-fold minister. Some little hot shot that thinks he's got something from God. Wonderful preacher, inspired, prophesies, comes to pass. Basically, everybody says, oh, we got a great preacher here, right here. And basically, watch what he said. Which shall presume to speak a word in my name. 
Oh, I know I got a gift of it, so whatever I say is true. Watch. Which I have not commanded him to speak. Or that shall speak in my name. That's thus saith the Lord. Of other God, in the name of other gods, that's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, in other words, even that prophet shall die, or his ministry shall waste away, won't accomplish nothing. There once you bend in hands and all these grams and everybody else. If thou shalt say in thy heart, how shall we know that which uh, the Lord has not spoken? Now, that's what the Branhamites are doing. This is what's going on in the message now. When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, thus saith the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken, but the prophet has spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. That's a five-fold prophet. You better not try to examine or test a God prophet. You say, well, I don't understand his statements. Then leave them as statements and leave them alone. Thou shalt not be afraid of him in the things he spoke presumptuously. All right, what about those things that he spoke as thus saith the Lord, and they did come to pass? So, I know I'm taking too long. So, if I'm smart enough to say, well, Brother Branham said he would shoot a bear. Now, you think I'm going to put my soul in jeopardy to try to prove that because Brother Branham didn't shoot the bear, I don't have to believe a word that he says. Now, you're talking about being insane. You'd have to be a pure-bred serpent seed to be that insane. You'd have to be a true Canaanite to talk back to the face of God and say, I don't believe that. I don't have time this morning to show how the anointing jumps on people, then turns around and being used to the devil. What if Brother Branham didn't get the bear? And he told you why he didn't. But what about all the thousands of times that he said, Thus saith the Lord, and it did come to pass? Well, I'll put it like this. Those things that he spoke that may not come to pass, that he spoke presumptuously, may be presumptuous. But that doesn't disqualify him from being the voice of God. Do you think it was God doing the speaking when Jesus said, Oh, go tell that old fox I've known so and so and so and so. That was the man. Well, how am I to tell whether it's of God or not? If it's according to the written word of God. The people claim that Brother Branham was a false prophet because they do not interpret this scriptures correctly. And they think they have the right unto themselves by their education to examine the Bible and qualify a voice of God and declare it true or false. That's where they made their mistake in this hour. Don't make that mistake. If Brother Branham tells you something, and I can read to you quotes this morning, it'll turn your mind around. We won't get to it today. And I use the quotes in basically the main sermons was what? Well, Brother Branham said God died 
on Calvary. Now, how many knows that God cannot die? All right. He said God died for every creature. How many knows that, brother, that the Bible said God cannot die? But the prophet said that he could. Let, let me just read one. The Bible tells us in what Acts, to be scriptural, in Acts 20, verse 27 to 28, Paul said, I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take there, heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers to feed the church of God, which hath been purchased with his own blood. What were we purchased by? God's own blood. But God cannot be flesh and blown, or flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Brother Bram said, God of old, not that he, he sat back on the throne and said, I'll save this man or lose that one. That wasn't it. God died. And when Jesus died, the atonement covered the entire earth for every person. Sorry to be a little bit over this morning, but listen. Aha! Brother Branham said right there, God died and Jesus was God. He didn't say that. Well, he said it right there. He said, that wasn't it. God died. And when Jesus died, so he's calling Jesus God. He is not. Well, that's what he read. You don't understand what he's saying. God died, and when Jesus died, watch. God died when Jesus died vicariously through the shed blood. Why? Because that blood was created by God himself. That was God's own blood. That was not the blood of Jesus. See? That was the created blood of God. Jesus was living by the blood of God. So when he shed that blood on Calvary, God died vicariously through the veins of Jesus Christ. Just like you died through the veins. We all died through the veins. God vicariously died. Brother Brown was absolutely scripture. What? But the atonement, there's where he's talking about. The atonement covered the entire earth for every person. There's where your emphasis should go. Not on whether Jesus was God or not, but by his atonement covered every person. You're free by the blood. How God done it is no concern to me as long as he done it. Let's stand this morning. I could just go on and on watch. Now watch. Oh, man, we'll never know what it was. That's the reason there could be no one else die like that one. I don't care how much that you could be tormented, how that uh, they might put your feet into stocks, or saw you by inches, or burn you by inches. You cannot die that death because your makeup is not like that. Your makeup is sex-born blood. His makeup was not like that. He was not a human like we are. Do you understand? Jesus was a new species. He was a new race. He was a man different than you and I. Praise be to God. Amen. We're going to be like him, but he was absolutely different than you and I. That blood could not corrupt. That body could not corrupt. Ours can corrupt. Why? Because we're born of a sex man blood. He wasn't. Watch now. You cannot die of that death because your makeup is not like that. 
He had to be God. See, Brother Gregory, I'm telling you, you're, man, you're just blaspheming. Brother Bram said right there that Jesus was God. <laughs> Lord, how mercy. Don't we have any revelation at all? He had to be God. In other words, his blood and his life had to be created by God to be pure because God is not a man. The revelation of your salvation rests totally in you understanding and accepting the virgin birth of Jesus Christ, period. That blood atoned for your sins and made you righteous and set you apart, or it did not. And it didn't do a partial work, and it didn't do a haphazard work. It didn't save you, then you've got to work out and do this and do that and legalism, whatever more work out. If you ever get a revelation of the virgin blood, you can be saved and you will be healed by that revelation. And to think that God died, he died of a broken heart with such grief for the world until a chemical reaction taking place in his body that could not take place in you, you cannot suffer like that. There's only one way, and that's it right there. He goes on and on and says what? God died vicariously through the man Jesus. His blood, God's created blood, was flowing through the veins of Jesus Christ. You said, I don't understand that. Let me just give you an example. Be patient with me. Just if you was dying and you lost a lot of blood, you can go in the hospital. They can put a transfusion in you. And they can plump blood in one side while you're bleeding out the other. And pretty soon every ounce of blood that's in you is somebody else's blood. Are you following me? It's somebody else's blood. But you can live by it. Jesus, come on. You, you can live by it because now it's your blood. It's your life. If you want to follow your reasoning towards God, then if you get a blood transfusion, you've got somebody else's soul running around in you. What if I got a serpent seed blood? Duh, duh, duh. Oh, I, I got a whole blood. I don't, that's the reason people don't believe in a blood transfusion. They don't want to get your demon, your devil. Hey, this is a, this is a church doctrine. This is a belief I hear. <laughs> Lord, help me get rid of that. Let's sing a song. Let's just, I think it's about time to close it up. What do you want to say? Oh, there is power. Power, oh wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, there is power, power, wonder working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Oh, there is power, oh power, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power. shake hands with somebody this morning. I hope you're happier than you look like you are. Come on. Turn around and wave to Canada and make them welcome into the service this morning. They can see you, but you can't see them. Amen. Oh, there is power, power. Oh, wonder working power in the blood. Oh, you ought to be the happiest people on earth today. 
wonderful power, wonder working power in the precious blood of that means happy, glory to God. Oh, there is power, power, oh, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, there is power, power, oh, wonder working power in the precious just blood of the Lamb. What makes the message so confusing, you can go right on down the line. And Brother Branham says about two paragraphs down. Now, will you believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died for your sins? <laughs> do, do, do. I just can't get it, Brother Greg. Yes, you can. It's just real simple. But think how simple it is. It required blood to atone for our sins. We were sold into sin by Adam. It required blood to reconcile us back to God. A lamb couldn't do it, but it put a covering, push it down the road until the woman's seed would come to bruise the head of the serpent. How? By his death. Shedding His blood, paying the atonement, the perfect sacrifice to redeem us out of the power of sin. Therefore, it must be the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. If we had time, we could go through the birth and find it. And His name shall be called Jesus, Jehovah's Savior. Then Jesus was His Father's name, on and on. And over in Isaiah, it says what? A virgin shall conceive, and you shall call His name Emmanuel. That's another name. Matthew says His name shall be called Jesus. Isaiah said His name shall be called Emmanuel. Sound like two babies are being born simultaneously. No, it speaks of the duality. This child that's going to be born is going to be born so uniquely that when you see him, you'll absolutely recognize that God's on the scene. Therefore, he can say, when you see me, you see the Father. There's a duality. The hard part is not to see that Jesus, the created Son of God, is separate from the Father. That's easy to see in the New Testament. The hard part is back in the beginning when there was nothing but God. We can put it on the mountain one of these days, and there was nothing there, and all of a sudden this little light comes forth. It was the Logos being birthed forth from the eternal spirit. And Brother Branham said, now you have two. Now figure that one out. Now you have two. That little light now is the Son of God. Oh, Son of God. Wait a minute. Oh, son. that was the Logos. That's the word. That's God. He, he called it the Son of God. Because the difference between the Father and the Son is what? One had a beginning and one didn't. Do you mean this substance and this substance was absolutely the same? Absolutely the same. But when this was born, it had a beginning. And in the beginning was the Logos, the Word. That Logos absolutely created a body in the womb of a virgin. That created blood cell that formed the body come out as a child, and at 30 years of age, the Logos that created the body come and dwelt that body at the river of Jordan. This is my beloved Son in whom I please to dwell. That same pillar of fire that taught through Jesus for three years 
left him in the Garden of Gethsemane. Now then you have the only begotten Son of God, human flesh, perfect blood, going to Calvary, willingly submitting himself to the death of the cross that you and I might be saved vicariously through his shed blood. So therefore, by faith, every one of us was saved, and God sees you absolutely pure. He sees you healed. He sees you saved at the blood of, of the cross. By your faith in the virgin-born blood is what saves you and makes you whole. Amen. God bless you. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Thank you for the patience this morning being over. Father, we thank you for your grace. Most of all, we thank you for the revelation of the virgin birth. We understand that the religions of the world have wrestled this question for many, many years. The ones that you come to, the Jews, call it blasphemy. The rest of religious calls it basically just unknown, virgins being born in temples of priests and all this, whatever more. We believe, according to your scripture, that you absolutely created this blood cell in the womb of a virgin as you spoke through the prophet Isaiah, making Jesus the Son of God, the manifested Word. And by that shed blood, we was made perfect in your sight. We was atoned. Therefore, we believe that nothing but the blood will save us, and we accept that. So I pray this morning that every soul here will submit their will to the revealed Word of God and accept your sacrifice, the shed blood of God, as the atonement for their sin, and by confession of their mouth, confess the identity of, of their Savior, Jesus Christ, be identified with Him in water, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the remission of their sins, and they shall receive the promise of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for health, and thank you for guidance, and we ask you for protection in these coming days. May our minds be fortified, and may our bodies be kept under your protection. May healing and grace and prosperity come to every child of God in this hour through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And everybody said, Amen. Apologize for keeping you along this morning. Next week, we'll come to step number five, and we'll see how that goes according to the Word of God. Amy's enjoying the little series at all. We can go to something else, but I want to complete this series because it is basic salvation, basic plan of God, and every bit of it is fulfilled, and now we are that part where it's all being made known. Amen. So God bless you. Thank you once again for coming. Be safe on the highways. Have a good time. Enjoy your life because it's short on this earth. But we got a promise that we're going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And we're going to have a big hallelujah bang up good time over there on the other side. Amen. Well, there is power.